0: Hello everyone, Nate here. We're taking this week off,
1: but in the meantime, please enjoy one of our favorite ever episodes, a breakdown of Janelle Monáe's Make Me Feel featuring the one and only Lizzo. Wait,
0: welcome to switched on pop i'm songwriter charlie harding and i'm musicologist
1: nate sloan
0: and today we are joined by lizzo singer rapper and host of the podcast good as hell a partnership with spotify and refinery 29 we are so honored to have you here, as your music has been a absolute hit with our listeners. Thanks oh, for joining yay. us. Oh, yay! Yeah! Hi,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you forgot something? I'm um, flute player.
0: No way, really? Yeah, flute and piccolo. What? Oh. So
2: add that to your, your list. <laughs> Gosh <fantastic>. darn it.
0: <laughs> so you're here to help us deconstruct the brilliant new single, Make Me Feel, by Janelle Monet. Mm-hmm. We are also going to get to talk about your music mm-hmm. and your upcoming tour and your show. So much fun stuff. But I want to just get right into it. We're going to talk about Janelle Monet and her awesome new track mm-hmm. you're familiar
2: i am i got to freak out uh on her about it yeah <laughs> i saw her and she invited me to this brunch and then i was like sis so last time i saw her i had like big curly hair and then this time i saw her i had long straight hair and i was like sis you just stained my curl pattern you snatched my wig i knew you was gonna drop something but i didn't know you killed it she's like thank you like i was blown away like the double release you yeah. know like the Armageddon drop, sis. Yeah. That was actually my favorite part about it. But once again, this is switched on pop, not switched on, you know, uh, song release. So let's talk <laughs> about the actual let's talk song. About, let's talk about
0: the song. <laughs> <laughs> so on Make Me Feel, I think what we're hearing is a bending... A blending, this non-dualistic message of blending sexuality, blending genres, blending sounds, blending harmonies and melodies. And what we want to do is we want to break this down and figure out how does she accomplish this musically. And so I think the appropriate thing to do would of course be to take a listen to the track. Yes. Let's do it.
2: That's just the way you make me feel that's just the way you make me feel. That's just the way you make me so 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 fucking real. <laughs>
0: Nate like the synthesizers That's
2: just the way you make me feel You know love is so please Yes Shout out to ASMR <laughs> wait say more the asmr chorus uh, that's
0: just the way. oh yeah <laughs> a
2: whisper chorus I, i'm always a fan <laughs> oh
1: interesting yeah
2: she really came through i
1: didn't
0: make that connection though <laughs> reinforced by the really sort of lo-fi beatboxing in the opening just like
2: oh yeah
0: <laughs> that kind of thing right oh
2: it's so mouthy yeah. right
0: I think it's probably important that we establish what's happening in the song. Just broadly, what do you feel the song is trying to say?
2: Is she explicitly talking about bisexuality or is she just talking about sexuality? Right. I think that's like more what she was going for than being like, you know, this is my specifics. It's so much more broad than that. The way you make me feel like anyone can sing that about anybody Mm -hmm. in any way. And I think that's... What makes it even bigger than just kind of like her identifying with a sexuality and everyone's like, oh, my God, she came out. Like, what do you mean? No, she wrote a song about like what we should all be singing about, you know, and like freeing our minds, not being restricted to certain pronouns and songs. And just because we feel like that's how we're supposed to say it, because society wouldn't understand, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. she's just doing her.
1: Yeah. Nate, what's your take? I totally agree. I mean, that's to me what makes the song so universal. Anyone can relate to this because of that feeling of excitement, that kind of rush that the lyrics of the song capture. I'm excited to like get into the music and figure out how the music is also giving us that feeling of excitement and that crazy adrenaline rush. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the song is the musical version of, like, an endorphin rush. Right? (laughs) She, like, wrote how you feel, sonically how you would feel when you're, like, Bugs Bunny with the hard eyes floating, and you're like, woo! Like, that's what the song, that's the sonic feel of it. And lyrically, too. You're just like, I don't even know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I think there's some really important backstory that for those who might not be as familiar with Janelle Monáe's entire body of work, she largely has produced work which is Allegorical, these epic suites called Metropolis, where she plays so another character. She's not even mm-hmm. playing herself, mm-hmm. or it's the blending of her identity and. She was the
2: arc android. The right? arc
0: android, Cindy Mayweather, in I think, what is it, the year 2719 or something. Mm-hmm. And she uses <laughs> the metaphor of an android for all kinds of modern-day oppression and also for her own self-expression. It's incredibly beautiful. Now, on this track, it feels like we're getting a little bit more potentially personality, but I really agree with what you say, Lizzo. Like, we never know who the narrator is, right? Like, it's a song, and a song is here to represent any number of people. People like to dissect, okay, yeah, but which one's like actually really Janelle Monet? Mm-hmm. But that's not what we're here to do. We're here to talk about the music, mm-hmm. which is exciting.
2: I always say there's like two different kind well, there's three different kinds of artists. Yeah. And I think there's the vocal performer that yeah. can like emote someone else's song really well. Yeah. Then there's two kinds of like writers though. There's like, right, there's the fantasy writer mm. who I always like compared to like a Tyler the creator. He's just like mm-hmm. creates mm. fantasy and like talks about yeah. things that may not even have happened. Yeah. And then you have writers who are like extremely personal. And mm-hmm. like almost like stream of conscious, like when you're listening to like Kanye and you're yeah, like, oh my right. God, this just happened to you last week, <laughs> didn't it? You know? And I think that Janelle yeah. is always. Gonna be a fantasy writer. Like, even if she's talking about herself, she's created a world where it's just a novel. It's like the Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. you know? So she gets, she's Frodo and she's Gandalf, and you know what I mean? <laughs> and you never know. Like, the real Janelle might be in there. She might be Gimli, but she'll never know. Yeah. She has that little glint in her eye that's like, wink. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Well, I really support the way that you framed it. I think there are a lot of clues in here that allude to both sexual tension and also sexual non-duality. She's been interviewed many times and even in her music, she sort of remains intentionally opaque uh, because as she says, she wants to be attractive to all people mm. and she wants all and people to is. be attracted to all people. Um, <laughs> and and she, yeah, there's no, there's no contest. <laughs> I think she's reinforcing this message both lyrically and musically. So I want to look at the melody specifically and just right from the very top of the track one of her great traits is constantly referencing the future and the past at the same time. And Hmm. what's neat about this track is it's actually, it's a blues. Mm. It has a subtle blues progression and she uses a lot of seventh chords and chromaticism and things that frankly wouldn't be popular in a lot of modern R and B, which sort of, I think intentionally, moves away from those sounds because it might sound sort of pastiche or too old, but she's Mm -hmm. not afraid to adopt those and fit them into her song. Right. Well, I think there's a reason why she does this. Because, yeah. Why? (laughs) 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 Getting some wide eyes here. She opens her song with, um,
2: Baby, don't make me spell it out for (laughs) you. Oh my
0: gosh. Can you please join us all the time?
1: Exactly.
0: (laughs) And that line is surrounding this strong seventh. Yeah. You hear that? Yeah. Like tension. 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 Isn't it so rewarding? Mm. What is that tension doing for us? Like, how do you hear that tension? How does it support the song?
2: It's so funny because like tension in a song normally happens in like the pre. Yes. And the first verse is supposed to just feel right. Yep. It's supposed to be at what, like the root is supposed to be like at yep. the one. One note melody, <laughs> you're like, mm. simple. you like, here yeah. we go. Let me yeah. just, N-da-da-da. you know <laughs> yep. what I mean? And then she's like starting like, and you're like, what's about to happen? Like, that's what it does for me. That melody, reminds me of a movie. Like you take mm. the track out of it. And if you just hear that melody, like on some violins, it sounds like... You know, like... <laughs> oh, <it's> cinematic. <laughs> yeah, super cinematic. Sim- yeah. Like, it's a moment in a movie where, like, the little kid is running and he's running towards something. Like, it yes. feels like, I don't know, like, uh, uh, so something in the distance. at the
0: start. And, and, <laughs> yeah. and I think it's worth saying even for maybe for some of our listeners who may not be as familiar with music, it might be helpful to even just to play an example of if you were open up on a plain major chord. And then you have a seventh chord. And mm-hmm. that seventh chord, it's unstable. Yeah. And it's the root... As opposed to that nice, beautiful mm-hmm. thing.
2: Unresolved chords were always like mm. my kryptonite. Mm. I remember because when they would play unresolved chords, I'd be like, just resolve it. Just resolve <laughs> it. <laughs> well, and,
0: and she does because that chord wants to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. It wants to go in the progression of a blues. Mm-hmm. A typical 12-bar blues chord progression uses a lot of those seventh notes to have us constantly move through a progression and always have a little bit of instability to create movement. Mm. Mm. Right. So a blues is going to start right on that whole chord, that one, and add the seventh. And it's gonna move through the four, the five, back to the four, and back home to the one seven. That's sort of the blues progression. Lots of sevens, lots of tension. And Mm-mm-mm. if there's one thing that is happening in the song, there is tension and there is movement. And she fulfills that sort of blues expectation by moving to what would be the next blues chord. She goes from the one chord the to the four chord. Try, try, right?
2: Oh, it's like, doom, 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 doom exactly (laughs) that is so the blues that's so tight
0: and you're not hearing it really
2: broke it down
0: thank you i appreciate that okay so i've I've got another gold star for charlie (laughs) i know right i was up late um (laughs) i have another supporting piece of evidence and it's chromatic text painting Mm. i think the line that a lot of people have zeroed in on this song is It's like I'm powerful with a little bit of tender, Mm -hmm. an emotional, sexual Sexual bender.
2: bender. Mm -hmm. bender.
0: So that's the pre-chorus. As you said, the pre-chorus is typically where we get even more tension. I think there's no denying the tension only increases because not only does she use that seventh note, but she introduces chromaticism. Yes. notes outside of the scale things which are going to create disharmony confusion dissonance
2: but you know what else it's it's like descending chromatic so like yeah it was so unexpected when I heard that I was like wait a second <laughs> wait you know like there's tension but like when you have like a descending chromatic your body physically will go down too you know you're like yeah, yeah.
0: You
1: know? oh okay it's almost
2: Great. relaxing it's like she builds tension and then I mean children are listening to this, so I won't say what it actually reminds me of. <laughs> but you're building tension yeah. and then it's like a release and then yeah. and you build that tension again. It's very tantric until you get to the yeah. the climax of the hook. Right. But like, right. pre's normally gradually build. But right. It's like, she came in so hot. With that, and then she like backed off and was like, "Ah, not yet." I'm like, "Oh my god, I've never heard a pre actually tease me like that before." (laughs) (laughs)
0: So let's—I think it would be appropriate to just play an example of of, (laughs) uh, just just to hear this. So here's the pre.
2: It's just the way
0: you make me So just when she sings that line, that chromaticism, the no 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 that's when she's singing the word sexual bender. Mm-hmm. And so she's inferring that anyone listening can be sexually fluid. They don't have to be normative in their sexual preferences. Mm-hmm. And she reinforces it with a line which sort of blurs between one note and the next. Mm-hmm. There's sort of an uncertainty and a spectrum of sounds. That's
2: very literal. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: I wonder if it's also blurring uh sort
1: of between like Speech and song, you know, she's like not totally mm-hmm. singing it, it's like kind of half spoken. I found that really powerful, and I didn't know why, but maybe it has something to do with what you're talking about, Charles.
2: That's cool. Yeah,
0: you're asking about intentionality.
1: Yeah,
2: like be, yeah. and that's like is the third afterthought of like you saying the chromatic and then the lyric being mm-hmm. like kind of similar, and then you saying she kind of just like drops the singing bit and lets it fall out of her mouth. And then I'm like, well, did she do this on purpose?
0: <laughs> you know, I, think, I think oftentimes for us on the show it doesn't matter yeah. but it's, it's those spontaneous magical moments that just work and isn't then oftentimes the in- interpretive aspect of music is one of the beautiful parts of it we can continue to hear whatever we hear in it right. so whether or not it's intentional I'm hearing that part and I just it excites me I think it's a beautiful isn't that wild how
2: music can do that mm, cool it's like a retroactive thing for the writer, too, I feel like, because they do things because they're tapping into this like emotional stream mm-hmm. that everyone mm-hmm. kind of can tap into mm-hmm. if you if you if you got the right straw. And then afterwards, you look back and you're like, whoa, mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't even believe. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> that moment happened. You said sexual bender and you bent yeah. the melody like ugh, brilliant. Anyway.
0: Yeah. Well, um,
2: I gush. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think that's a really beautiful transition because in terms of tapping into that stream of creativity, there's also tapping into the entire world of music history and genre and all of these references that are happening. So what mm-hmm. I want to do in the second half of the show is dive into the references that we're hearing because there's some really beautiful ones in here. Oh yeah. relief with AstraPro, go to astaproallergy.com for a discount. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Use this directed for relief, of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies.
2: Hi, I'm Johanna Ferreira, content director of Pop Sugar Juntos. Juntos is all about celebrating Latin culture, pride, our many intersectional identities, and joy. Thanks to support from Prime, there's so much to get into over at Juntos this month.
0: Welcome back to Switched On Pop. <laughs> <laughs> What's so funny? Oh, I know. The conversation
2: we were just having. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm switched back on to pop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Side conversation in the ad break. There are some pretty bold and obvious references happening in this track. References, I think, which are an homage to mm-hmm. some of our favorite artists. Mm-hmm. Undeniably, we're hearing Prince and Michael Jackson on this track. Mm. Michael pro- Jackson? Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, my God. Enlighten me.
0: Okay. Oh, great. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm similar. My, my
1: eyebrows are also raised here, Charles. Oh,
2: my God. <laughs> Manually, I see with the finger. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> eyebrows
0: raised. All right. So do you want to do Michael Jackson first then? Yes. All right. You're like, what in the world is Charlie thinking? mm mm-hmm. There's a really clear connection, which is that Michael Jackson's hit "The Way You Make Me Feel" oh. and "Make Me Feel." Huh. I think there's a lot of intentionality here because we're also hearing similarities in form, in structure, in vocal quality, and I think even in sound selection wow. to some of Michael Jackson's music.
2: Dang, you yeah. really—that's right. Oh, I went deep. Wow. <laughs>
1: Charlie
0: wants an A.
2: <laughs> gold star. Stars, just keep more Sloan, gold,
0: please. Let's just listen to the start of The Way You Make Me Feel. 1987 hit produced by Quincy Jones. What's the Mm -hmm. first thing you notice when you hear that track?
2: Mm. Oh, my God.
0: There's a lot there.
2: Yeah, the drum sounds. Yeah. But what is that? Are those drums or is that Michael Jackson's mouth? <laughs> it's like, pow, 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 It's so cool. That song is so second nature yeah. to my body that yeah. I don't even think about it as like notes or like instruments. It's just like Michael. So you, <laughs> totally.
0: And, and I've always had that relationship to it as well until I sort of took a deeper listen last night. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is a blues shuffle as well. It's a blues. The actual time signature is 12, 8. Which is yeah. Right? Oh my God. He's referencing in 1987 music which was popular back in the 50s. So here is just an example of, we're just going to go with deep reference for a second. So reference to the reference. Michael Jackson, I think, is referencing something like Fats Domino in his track Blueberry Hill.
2: I found my thrill.
0: That same 12-8 swing. Yeah. Right? And we listen to Michael Jackson.
2: it just hits harder
0: it's faster it's harder yeah. it's modern and that's
2: what quincy it's, it's, was talking about in his interview he's like modern music now doesn't reference the greats anymore mm. they don't reference jazz if there's right. no jazz right. or blues a part of pop music right now then right. it's not good pop music oh, yeah. i was like okay, that was a crazy quincy. interview
0: we'll have to post a link to that that was the craziest <laughs> interview that was know, ever you have to edit it <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> right not right. appropriate for most people i like that he can just speak his mind now this is a blues. This is a, a 12/8 sort of shuffle sound. You don't get that time signature very frequently in modern music. I looked up some popular tracks in the last decade. I think um, Kanye West's "Black Skinhead" is also in 12/8. Whoa. But there's like there's not a lot. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a handful of, of, of tracks, but it's just it's not a popular Whoa. time signature because I think again it kind of so strongly mm. alludes to the past mm-hmm. that it doesn't make your sound modern. But right. Michael Jackson and Quincy knew how to do that. Janelle knows how to do that. But, wow. Okay, So that's the blues piece. Some other things that I think are drawing from Michael Jackson. I love this is a, a common trope that people will do, but he does these amazing little dropouts to focus on the voice. And that's the other thing obviously here as well is vocal quality. Janelle mm. can really get, especially that early MJ kind of androgynous voice. Yeah. She can really mimic it really beautifully. So mm. here's just an example of the way that the way you make me feel drops out and focuses on Michael's voice. Right. so rewarding mm-hmm. Janelle make me feel
2: that's just the way you make me I just way
0: you beautiful feel. little moments mm-hmm. I, there's one more Michael reference that I'm hearing and this might also be a stretch again this is not like intentionality this is just right. you're tapping into that ether of all mm-hmm. the music you know this is the best opening to any song ever
2: Oh, yeah, beat it. What is that even? <laughs>
0: that is the Sun clavier, one of the most expensive synthesizers ever produced. It costs like a hundred thousand dollars and Jeez. it was one of the first uh, computational synthesizers that only a handful of studios could afford. So that was a really sort one of,
2: being Michael Jackson. And well, the yeah Beatles. exactly okay.
0: yeah And so <laughs> let's just hear that synth stab again. No, it might sound very 80s, but if you were to roll off some of those highs, make it a little bigger and beefier, you might get the pre-chorus from Make Me Feel.
2: That is a stretch, but I am, <laughs> I, am I am here for the stretch. I'm yoga with the stretch, babe. Right on. <laughs> <laughs> the pre course is uh, yes. really interesting. Yeah. The choice, everything about it. When I first heard it, I was like, "Max Martin? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like it mm, came right. out yeah. of nowhere." Cuz yeah. like the verse was like so cool and so interesting and then the pre just felt very like now pop. Yeah, well, it was produced by
0: Mattis Larson and Robin Fredrickson, who are Swedish producers in the same world as Max Barton. So, yeah, we've also got co-writers of Julia Michaels and Justin Tranter on the track. So, yeah, this is like, these are super, super, super pop writers and producers supporting it.
2: It felt that way, but then it was Janelle. So I was like, nah, man, this was made in a sweaty box (laughs) 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 with with lavender and tea.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so... Michael Jackson were like okay maybe but let's go into the Prince references Mm -hmm. Um, so you actually got to work with Prince yes and so did Janelle the rumor is that actually Prince may have had a hand in producing parts of this album as well as this track Mm -hmm. Um, so you get to speak from a lot of authority Mm. Um, that's not
2: hard to believe I mean Prince was constantly working on music
0: nonstop. yeah I mean there must have (laughs) been years where he made 200 songs in a year yeah there's only two people
2: I know that have the craziest catalogs that are going to just being like the tombs and it's prince and like missy elliott they just have like albums and Mm -hmm. albums and albums Mm -hmm. of music and it's because like they're the most talented minds in the world and they (laughs) you know do what they want to do and they can produce themselves they write themselves they emote themselves they don't need nobody else and Mm -hmm. when you have all of that power and all of that talent there's no stopping you Mm -hmm. it's freedom Mm -hmm. so just so much music i'm sure she has Yeah. yeah you know
0: so on this track, I'm hearing a connection to Prince's "Kiss." Are you mm. hearing that at all?
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: definitely. So all right, I'm getting back into the no longer deep yeah. into the ether. Yeah, getting this a little is, more to the same yeah, as we're, we're, on, we're on board now, and, and I think <laughs> a lot of the sonics on this song just they really say Prince. But "Kiss," the 1986 song, was I think Michael Jackson may have been slightly inspired by it because it too was mm. a blues. And so there's all of a sudden this resurgence of bringing back some mm-hmm. references and bluesy tracks. You don't Ooh. <laughs> And continues and then it goes through a 12-bar blues progression, right? Mm-hmm. So there's these references that are happening and so she's picking up on both that, the entire musical history of connecting to those blues sounds. Yes. I think the much more obvious things are going to be a lot of the sonic elements. So I'm curious, what are some of the sonic elements that you're hearing that are like, okay, there's some prints in there?
2: Well, I mean, definitely the guitar. Yeah. The guitar is just yeah. like the giveaway. I mean, yeah. who knows? That might actually be Prince on guitar. You never know. Like, <laughs> Whoa. Totally. Honestly, yeah. you know? So that was like the biggest thing. But I also, beyond the track, like vocally, she does a lot yeah. of like the, uh, like we oh, just yeah. heard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right,
0: right, right. Mm-hmm. So here's the make me feel funk guitars.
2: You got me riding in your jeans. I get right laying your body
0: on the shack, so good and here i mean this is not just on kiss this is just like prince funk guitars. Oh, yeah. but here we go kiss funk guitar
2: yeah yeah if
1: it's not prince it's someone playing exactly like him exactly like him, like him. yeah <laughs> right.
2: and then also there's something in the that bass what is that bass sound? It's not the bass, but it's like the
0: Yeah, so that, that's <laughs> yeah, that's a bass with a, you, you suddenly cut off all of the high frequencies. So, bo. Okay, so it is bull.
2: bass. Yeah. Okay.
0: And I think it's interesting. The KISS actually doesn't really have any bass in it, right. but the sparseness of that bass track, I think actually maps really well to the sparseness of the electronic drum kit in the sense that he's playing mm. in KISS.
2: right it's literally the same groove because the totally. bass is like yep. duh, whoop, duh, whoop, and then the and, and then he does mm-mm.
0: it with that and she does it with that yeah but it is the same exact yeah. feel. it's
2: that it's the same groove man <laughs>
1: What's so crazy to me about both of them is like how deep of a groove it is while having so little going on in Mm. a way. Because like you're right, Charlie, it is sparse. And yet as soon as either of these songs come on, I'm just like
0: bopping so hard. I feel like I'm going to break my neck.
2: (laughs) Yeah,
0: there's so many other references here. I mean, a lot of people have gone online and broken down every image in the "Make Me Feel" music video. In that video, there's a really gorgeous Janelle wearing this veil, right? You seen it, right, mm-hmm. and in the video to "Kiss," one of the dancers is wearing basically mm-hmm. a, a very similar veil. So there's all sorts of moments of homage, and that's what I'm right. saying. Huh. Where she's dropping breadcrumbs in every single part it's all brilliant
2: i mean it's like a very like well-deserved passing of a torch too she oh my gosh she's she's incredible and i think that she has everything that it takes to keep the legacy alive you know Mm. especially being a black woman too which i think was really important Mm -hmm. to prince and when I saw that, I was like, "Ah, oh, let's go! Like, keep it going, mm-hmm. keep it yeah. alive." Because there's a lot that's dying around us, and mm. Janelle in this song, like as on the nose as it is, is so important, you know, yeah, to Princess Legacy or to like the legacy of music right. and good music and the blues, yeah. like you're saying, like nobody, yeah. nobody plays the blues, nobody listens to the blues anymore, you know.
0: And then obviously also the cultural side and being someone who makes non-sexual duality permissive right and that's such a big part of prince's androgynous just unbelievably attractive to anyone sort of quality Mm -hmm. and she's making Mm -hmm. a similar sort of statement in part of the song
2: that's really true then kiss yeah because kiss is like (laughs) kiss is a a very adorable song
0: Yeah, this is one of my favorite lines right here (laughs) He goes on to say, like, don't flirt too hard. Like, you just got to be yourself. He's like, right. don't do too much. Don't be extra about yeah. it. Just like, be yourself. Just You're top already sexy. Talk dirty to
2: me, though.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so was Prince the original king of ASMR? Because that was I know right. Pretty... <laughs> that got me. Oh, did, did, did <laughs> That get flustered. you going?
2: Both eyebrows yeah. going up right now. <laughs> I know. Not that... even
1: manually this time.
2: What do they do to the mic? Like to get that good whisper? Is a lot of compression, or is it? What do they do? They boost something. Oh,
0: well, yeah, they probably boost a lot of the high end, I would imagine. And so then... you can
2: just get right in there. Kind of like, yeah. you know how Selena yeah. Gomez had that, um, can't keep my handsome. So,
0: yeah, we covered that. Um, yeah. the, oh, you guys did? No, it's oh, so it's good. such a good yeah. song.
2: Yeah. But like that effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe Prince did originate that. Yep. Just getting on that mic well, and it's, just. It's mm. that
0: close mic. You're getting real close, getting yeah. Really yeah. Quietly and really sexy. And it's that proximity effect. By getting really on yeah. that yeah. mic, you get all the deeper tonal qualities that you can't hear. It's, it's the
2: yin yang twins effect. <laughs> That's what I like to call the yin-yang twins <laughs> You guys gotta do the whisper song
0: Oh my god! Nothing was the
2: same after that
0: <laughs> You obviously just know all these references And have so much to offer here But I thought it would be appropriate To get to hear a little bit about your music Oh yeah uh, What I wanted to do was Listen to a bit of your song Truth Hurts Great Um, I can't
2: get enough of it baby (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: but I just first want to say that I said on the top of the show your music has really connected with our listeners your song Good As Hell came in as a recommendation through one of our panelists uh, Andrea Warner who is just a really fantastic writer and we did a piece called all about those baseline assumptions about feminism and pop Mm -hmm. Um, and we brought in some great feminist scholars Mm -hmm. to sort of look at the way in which feminism is represented in popular music and that track was sort of like the Kicker, climax, end of the piece, where wow. Andrew was like, "This is an awesome example of a modern feminist anthem," and so Aww. that became a real favorite of ours and the entire show. Shout out to Andrea. <laughs> yeah, she's hey girl. awesome. And then I tuned into your South by Southwest performance that NPR taped last year, oh, yeah. and dang,
2: yeah, wow. dang is right, guys. You, <laughs> are, dang. you
0: are powerful. You've got a message. Double dang, your music is. Fun, yeah. I really love the fun that you bring.
2: Easy on the ears, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: just like you know, needing some things which just are exciting and inspiring. I really appreciate that. Why
2: are we- The song is so funny. Can
0: you tell us a little bit about what the song is for you?
2: That song is like a literal afternoon. And to be honest, this was last summer. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, so done with my album that hasn't come out yet. Mm. I'm like, I'm done. Wow, I really, you know. And so I was going in with Ricky Reed, who is the producer on the song. And we were like, we can either finish some things talk about the album or we can make something new today and i was in such a bad mood i was so angry oh. over this person mm-hmm. that i you know allowed to get to me and i just started like venting mm-hmm. and i was like you know like i don't understand why like da 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 da. i had to go to my friend's salon and get my hair done today and every line in this song i was That's it was so coming literal. out of my wow. mouth yeah. and as this was coming out of my mouth ricky was writing it down i guess but i was no like laying way. on his couch like kind of like um <laughs> therapist style yeah yelling at the world and when i was done he was like you know i just want you to hear all the things you just said we should like make a song <laughs> <laughs> and i was like okay and it was just yep. so easy yeah it I was so it. easy
0: there are two lines that really stood out to me obviously right from the top why men great until they gotta be great oh yeah it's like boom I know Beautiful economy of words there Thank you
2: (laughs) That didn't happen in the studio That happened when I I had Me and my girls were on tour And we all had like a full bottle of wine to ourselves (laughs) For some odd reason And we were all like guzzling them And each girl was in a corner with another girl Like crying Mm. about Either like because we love each other so much Mm -hmm. Or everyone's having a moment My moment And my, my dancer just happened to be that moment And I remember we were just like What? and i remember i was like she was like yo write that down yeah and i texted it to ricky and yeah i was like we're gonna use this in the future but you know it's not about men like it's not about you it's not about you it's okay it's about like (laughs) i know but like it's it's good to hear (laughs) it's about like um the idea of men always getting the highest seat of power
0: absolutely and
2: always kind of like failing us
0: I think we're witnessing a lot of that in the world Right Yeah there's, And it's, that's
2: the issue Boom It's like you only give men the highest seat Why don't you give it to everybody and see what everyone can do with it mm-hmm. And then on a very personal level it's like <laughs> Yeah <laughs> Yeah as like yeah. you are the idea of you is incredible and then when i actually apply you to my life mm-hmm. i'm just kind of disappointed and let down yeah. constantly
0: why aren't you showing up
2: why don't you show up bro
0: i feel like that line could go in so many different directions and one of my favorite lines you respond to it with is i put the singing single ain't worried about a ring on my finger yeah which is also i mean oh, what a you. fun line because you, you could flip the script it's like mm-hmm. i don't need you
2: yeah I my own thing that on. was like an instagram <laughs> caption that i put on my picture once huh. i was like it's okay guys, I'll be okay because I put the sing in single. I am like the quintessential single girl. I'm like such a single girl and I'm going through all the single girl motions. And I think that's why people, you know, Mm -hmm. no matter what they're going through, no matter what their gender is or sexuality is like kind of connect to that because Mm. it's all the same. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're solo dolo and you're on your own in this world. You just have this, like, really shared experience with other people, especially as a millennial, you know? Yeah. And they're just like, I'm going through the same thing, mm-hmm. you know? So all of my music is kind of, like, shared experience. And
0: Well, I think it would be appropriate, since this is what Sean Pop, we, we want to talk about the music of what's going on here. Yes. And part of what I love about the melody is it has almost this, like, schoolyard quality where everybody mm-hmm. can sing along to it. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it, it, yeah. it really invites that participation that you're talking about. Like, people can feel that same quality mm. that you're that you're expressing.
2: Yeah, it's really snotty, isn't it? <laughs> I'm not really singing and I'm not really rapping and I'm just kind of like whining.
0: But it invites everybody to do the same with right. you. Right. Right. Because everybody feels
2: exasperation. Everybody wants to just scream that at the top of their lungs.
0: And then you end it with the best reference ever. What? The sister Nancy Bam. <sighs> <laughs>
2: whoa that's wild i didn't even think about that
0: no way yeah so let's listen to the end of your track for just a second yeah and then here's the sister nancy
2: yeah oh, what the... yo that's genius <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's such a frequent reference within yeah. r&b and hip-hop that it's a texture that people will just
2: Interesting. I end mean, end. that yeah. was like a seat filler for lyrics. No way. And then we huh. we couldn't really think of anything. I remember we were listening to the chorus and Truth Hurts didn't exist yet. Mm-hmm. It was just the chorus. Mm-hmm. Why are men great till I gotta be great? And then I was like, whew, Truth Hurts, dog. And then Ricky's like, that's incredible. Go put that in mm. there. Truth Hurts. And then we wanted to have one more line. Yeah. And uh, we just put in bum, I was like bum, bum, be dum, be dum, dum, day. And then after like sitting, after like messing around with the beat, he messed around with the beat and I just sat and reflected. I was like, yo, that goes.
0: (laughs) Oh, it just like, it closes things out with this beautiful finality and you don't (laughs) have to say anything. It's just like, I'm good. I'm just going to go on and. Yeah.
2: Cause now live when I do it, I'm just like. It's mm. kinda like the arms out emoji. That's like shoulder shrug. Yeah. <laughs> Kanye shrug. Yeah. It's like, hey, you bum. Wow. That's so nice, that Sister Nancy reference. I'm yeah. I'm living for that. Well, that. You guys are so that smart. Sister Nancy
0: track is it's also kind of like hey lottie lottie. It's like one of those things just talk about that musical ether. Like it wasn't even intentional, it's just like it's out there because you've mm-hmm. heard it, like Kanye's done that track. Like so many other people have right. used that. <laughs> What a beautiful thing. And then then just within the whole thing, you know, I love that you're using this really sort of funny toy piano effect with a heavy trap beat. And I feel like you do a really great job of lyrically representing both of those qualities of it's like, it's a banger, it's super fun. And it's also lighthearted at the same time. Mm-hmm,
2: thanks. I thought that <laughs> piano was so weird when he first,
0: because <laughs> it was strange. just yeah. the piano. And I was like,
2: yo, we're not gonna make a <laughs> yeah. song on this wonky piano, but he just has these weird sounds. And that was one of them. And then, huh. I love it now, but when I first heard it, it turned me off because it's so weird, right? Mm-hmm. But you put that yeah. trap beat on, and it's like, hey, let's go. <laughs> I was there for, like, the creation of the song. Yeah. Like, I love being there for, mm-hmm. like, the egg and the embryo mm-hmm. and the baby mm-hmm. of the beat. Like mm-hmm.
0: the I, baby of the Because totally. I feel like my
2: energy's in there, too, yeah. when, when that's happening. Because if he's playing with sounds, I go, hey, that's me, too. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. I feel really connected to Truth Hurts because I was there from, yeah. you know, conception.
0: That's a fun part of modern production. I love when the vocal production ends up back into the track, right? That it's not sort of just, like, beat, done, throw some vocals on top. Like yes. You've got those ad-lib lines. and and then all of a sudden that's in some ways what makes that track because all of a sudden the bum bum be dumb yeah like just perfectly closes that verse yeah it's an awesome refrain yes. and, and he mirrors it in the, in the drumming
2: oh it's, he does yeah. he does afterwards he put that boom, boom, boom yeah boom, boom, boom. that was a later thing <laughs> exactly wow. so, there's, so
0: you're, there's this back and forth that's going on between vocalist and uh and producer
2: y'all ever do this with other artists this is <laughs> so fun because we don't be thinking about this like i when yeah. i make music i am a, a music major so i've studied yeah. music theory i'm a music nerd i Ooh. analyze other things <laughs> but when I'm making mine it's so subconscious. Totally. It's freestyle mostly now. And so yeah. to hear it come back in this way is like so exciting.
0: And people will sometimes ask us this. I actually got another message recently was it was like, "Okay, seriously, are you guys just making this stuff up?" <laughs> <laughs> and I think of the music you make, you're like an Olympic athlete. You have trained yourself to know how to make music and then when you do it, you have to do it without any conscious effort. Right. Right? It's that stream of creativity. You're just right. like tapping into as soon as you get into the logical brain, all this nonsense that I'm bringing here today,
2: you yeah. lose it. It gets hard.
0: It gets really hard.
2: Yeah. did Bob that- Dylan say that? He was like, music shouldn't be hard. Mm. Music should be easy to make. Huh. Mm. I, I, someone oh, told me he said that and I was like, I was like, yeah, man, I, it's frustrating, but it's like also, you know, the type of artist he totally. is, you
0: Absolutely. Know. Yeah. I can just pen a 17 page long song in 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: <laughs> yeah, He got of
0: crazy. So you're incredibly multi-talented. You are also the host of a hit podcast on Spotify.
2: I am the host of a podcast on Spotify called Good As Hell.
0: You're single Oof. and your podcast. And it's my Hell. song,
2: Le- I'm smart too, you know what I'm saying? I say cross promotion. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> so this is a Spotify Studios and Refinery 29 collaboration. Yes. And you are talking to the iconic queens of music. You interviewed people like Lil Kim, Kaylani, Trina, DeBrat, mm-hmm. really some of the most amazing people. Yeah. On the show, you speak with women who you say paved the way for not just hip hop, but mainstream culture and feminism. And never get to tell their stories, right? Hmm. Well, you tell us a little bit about. You say you have to defend your heroes for not getting credit for innovation and influence. What inspired you to to take on this show?
2: So they came to me. I've always kind of had the idea of telling. The quote-unquote female rapper story, but you know what's so annoying is, you have these two separate things happening. You have the worst question in the world: What's it like to be a female rapper Mm. in the industry? Isn't it so hard? Like I, I, it's actually raptor. I'm just kidding. But like, (laughs) yeah, it's like so hard. Uh, I'm like, you're perpetuating that it's hard to be a woman in rap. Then on the way other side, you're almost being Uh. bombarded in interviews and by the media, Mm -hmm. and so you see a lot of women who rap. Uh, with big walls up. And are really defensive And a lot of times Uncomfortable in interviews mm-hmm. So I saw both of those And I was like Yo What's Queen Latifah's story? Mm. All I know is that She's Queen Latifah But if you think about Like Jay-Z Or if you think about Nas Like you always hear The the story Of the hustler You know And I'm like That's really cool Like I know a lot of details About their lives But yeah. I don't know a lot of details About Little Kim's life yeah. Except for The tragic parts Or right, like the right. parts That they The negative parts That they want Or the Biggie Smalls parts The stuff like, that
0: ends up on TMZ the you know not the real story right and i
2: felt like maybe that's not as exciting to the media but it also perpetuates this idea that like um, black women in hip-hop are tragic or Mm -hmm. are too tough or are competitive Mm -hmm. and that's not the case what i found out talking to these women is that there is and was so much unity in the rap yep. community with women, especially. They would have sleepovers. <laughs> they would hang out. They would write songs. Like, wow. Missy would just, like, have them all come over and just, like, mm. party together. They were, like, sisters. Like, they would tell me stories about Eve and Left Eye and, a, like, Aaliyah and how they would just all, like, kick it. And I'm like, this is so cool. And I wish that so we knew yeah. that this was going on then because now I want – there's so many women in the industry coming up now. And that was so nice to talk to Kehlani and, like, aqua yeah. And I feel like if we only had that blueprint or we had knowledge of that, right. we could use that in the future to create more unity. And Ladies Night came from that, you know, like only good music yeah. comes from yeah. from women being in agreement with each other. Mm-hmm. And so I, it's my little way of trying to bring unity in the hip hop community and to yeah. also step back and like open up this Mm. this dark hallway that we don't have any clue we're afraid of we're like what's the 90s rap for women (laughs) 90s rap for black women (laughs) i'm not gonna look down that hallway but no like look down that hallway take a walk down the archives and hopefully in the future young girls can listen to this and be like wow like lil kim is so innovative and trina is so innovative that
0: is such a beautiful project (laughs) Uh, I also love that you had this question of what's their real story? And you're like, I'm just going to go find out what what an awesome thing to get to do. I really particularly loved your interview with Kehlani. Kehlani is one of my absolute favorite artists right oh, now. As, and, as she should be. And you spoke specifically about that, and we were, we were sort of alluding to it in your music as well, is the positivity of music, the fun that can exist within it. Mm-hmm. Uh, could you speak a little bit about some of the, the things that came out in that interview and why the fun in that music is important to you?
2: In my music or in... This is a two-part question, huh? Oh, <laughs> you're never
0: supposed to ask two-part <laughs> questions. No, 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 it's okay. No,
2: with with Kehlani, we had so much fun because she and I we're similar in like the way that we respect music we're both tourists but like even the way we write music and i think that like my life was way different than hers though Mm. she had to come from this really negative place Mm. in her life she had a lot that happened to her when she was younger that wasn't tight (laughs) i don't i don't have a better word Mm. for it she went through a lot and so like you can hear a lot of strife in her music and a lot but i think that you get to a point in your artistry that you want to manifest positivity for yourself and you want to spread positivity um Mm. i feel like as an artist the more that you like sing about the negativity in life the more your life starts to reflect that i don't Mm. know how many artists you've talked to but there are so many self-fulfilling prophecies that happen Mm. and good and bad you know Mm. like i've said things like I'm talking about being in Scotland and a rap and then I'm like looking up and I'm like, well, I'm playing in Scotland or like, <laughs> you know, I talk about Macaulay Coughlin yeah. and then I go on tour with Macaulay Coughlin and he's in my music video <laughs> and like, there's just like what? so <laughs> many, you know what I mean? There's like levels yeah. to it, but then there's also on the other side, if you're perpetuating I'm so sad today, I'm just going to drink today, I'm so depressed today, you're going to kind of feel that. And I think that um mm. Kehlani just got to a point in her life where she's like, I don't want to perpetuate that or I don't need that around me and she's really strong she's like one of mm, the strongest mm. people I've ever been around to see what she's gone through and to mm. see how she's getting through it but mm. positivity is important because I think there's a lot of different kinds of music that need to exist
0: yeah yeah,
2: I think the weekend should exist as much as you know. Um, good I as, say, <laughs> as good as hell. Thank you. Let me talk about myself. <laughs> I need the weekend needs to exist just like I need to exist because life is about a balance yeah. and art is about the balance of darkness and light. Quite literally, sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I tried to straddle a line. Yeah, I wanted to be like SZA. I wanted to be so cool and mm. like moody and just like. And that music just doesn't sound authentic coming from me. And I remember bringing it all the way back to Prince. He had really come to a place where it was just all his music was super positive. All of his music was super clean. All of his music Uh was like about uplifting women, uplifting black women. And I remember being like really, really impressed and shocked by that. Mm -hmm. And when he passed away or when he transitioned, I remember Mm -hmm. thinking... I'm not gonna try to be this sad girl anymore. Like what's the point of like mm. fighting cause the people were actually being like, why is she so happy? Like she's so yeah, you're people were hating on me. Yes. <laughs> I know, but like people would hate on that. Y'all would not believe. Uh, They'd be like, She's too friendly. Why is she so happy? Like, uh and so I would try to have to like I would try to have, like, some type of, like, darkness or shade to me. But after that, I kind of completely dedicated my life to positive music. And Mm. it's worked for me ever since I decided to do that. Like, it's my truth. Everyone has their truth. If The weekend want to be sad, let him sing the sad songs. (laughs) That's his truth. You know, if Sizzle wants to be, you know, the angst and the longing that she exudes, like, let her live that. That's her truth. And, you know, I don't think if you're not, like, as positive and as happy, go lucky as I am. <laughs> you don't have to do this, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I'm choosing to do it. And I hope that people really just respect that. Mm. And, you know, live your life, live your life in the balance. Mm. Don't stay in the darkness. Don't stay in the light.
0: Your music does a beautiful job of that because it's so often real. Like like the track Truth Hurts, right? Mm-hmm. There's some pain in there. Yo, I was so ends.
2: sad. <laughs> yeah,
0: but you, and you move right through it. <laughs>
2: That it's was a, so sad, yeah. and like that's what yeah, happens yeah. when I'm sad, you guys. <laughs> like good as hell, I say he don't love you anymore mm-hmm. in a song, and mm-hmm. it's like the happiest song in the world. It's the happiest song. I can't <laughs> fight. I can't fight it. <laughs>
0: Please don't. So people can experience this live coming up real soon. You are yes. going on a huge, I think over twenty show tour throughout North America with Heim. Yeah. You, you are calling Ooh. it the Sister 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 tour.
2: Well, I'm <laughs> calling it the Sister Sister Sister. Oh.
0: Right tour. <laughs> or, <laughs> what our listeners going to experience on this upcoming tour?
2: Um, well, first off, Heim is just so cool. Like they are the sweetest girls, and they're like BA musicians. I was going to cuss, mm. but they're great musicians, <laughs> and I think <laughs> it's going to be really cool to see me, the big girls, DJ Sophia Eris, and then to see the sisters like getting mm. down on stage. Like we yeah. all rock out in our yep. own ways. My show. I originated in indie rock and then I evolved into indie hip hop and now I'm you know, whatever I am now. But like <laughs> a
0: melange of amazing music.
2: Yeah. But like the you said a melange. I did. Ooh, is that like Solange's sister? <laughs> but look, I like uh so we rock out on stage. So you're gonna see like a really, really dope show. You're gonna see cool. high energy, you're gonna see sweat, and then you're gonna see tons of hair. Just tons <laughs> of hair. I'm so excited. Like we thrive live. That's that's yeah. my bread and butter. And um, Tickets are selling out. We're doing two nights at Radio City Music Hall. That's and awesome. And I think they both sold out. Almost. So buy your tickets, New York, That's for the awesome. second night. And people
0: can <laughs> find tickets on LizzoMusic.com?
2: Music.com. And they
0: can find all sorts Sick. of great tracks. We will yeah. make sure to post it in the show.
2: You will hear Truth Hurts and Good as Hell. Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh-huh. Well, this has been the most uh, fun show I've ever recorded and I don't know about uh, you, Nate.
2: Y'all just saying <laughs> oh, <yeah>. that.
0: <laughs> We're having a really good time.
2: Thank you so much for joining us. It's <laughs> Thank been I'm you awesome. just, I'm you.
0: just jealous I'm not there with y'all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: I'll
2: see you later. I'll see you in New York. Okay, yeah. In a few uh, months. As soon as
1: we hang up, I'm, I'm getting my tickets. <laughs> <for radio city>. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, guys, get them. They're going quick
0: switched on pop was produced by me charlie harding and my buddy professor nate sloan thank you lizzo you can find lizzo's music and her podcast good as hell on spotify you can get tickets to her tour at lizzo music.com you definitely want to go catch her and the sister sister sista tour it's gonna be (laughs) awesome i know i i tried i'm really sorry i'm really sorry charles
1: Slightly awkward ending there, but I had to cut the original credits and couldn't think of a better way to do it. Oh, that was a fun episode. So many congratulations to Lizzo and the year she's having and her well-earned success. We're so honored that she joined us, and Lizzo, you're welcome back anytime. Our engineer and editor is Brandon McFarlane, Megan Lubin is production fellow. Bridget Armstrong is our producer, Nishat Kurwa and Liz Nelson, our executive producers. We're proudly part of the Vox Media Network, and you can find our show anywhere that podcasts live. We come out every Tuesday, and our website is switchedonpop.com. We'll be back in another week with a hot new episode, and until then, thanks for listening.